0: And welcome to another, uh, the Total Football Analysis Bundesliga podcast with myself, David Seymour. And it's just uh, me and Cam Meegan this week. Um, This is a sort of a a mini podcast as such where Cam and I are going to try and run through the upcoming fixtures this weekend. uh, Discuss the tactics, give an insight into how these teams are going to play. If you haven't seen these teams before, hopefully this will be a relatively... Good podcast to listen to. That's the idea anyway, isn't it, Cam? Yeah. Um, okay, so let's jump straight in. And right, we're going to go with hoffenheim Herter to begin with. Um, obviously, Hertha Berlin, the whole mess of Jürgen Klinsmann, who's now left the club and they've brought in Bruno Labbadia. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of football they actually play, Whether he, because Wolfsburg, he favoured this possession-based system, which really wasn't what Klinsman was doing. Um, But it is crunch time. They're not too far away from the the bottom end of the table. And they haven't got the... I I seem to recall they haven't got the nicest run in either. So they need to make sure that they make these results count early on. Um, But, Cam, what are you expecting to see from Hertha to to begin
1: with? I was just going to say the same thing. With It's it's difficult... um... To kind of guess what Hertha are going to do. And it's also worth noting that um, Labadie hasn't had that much time to implement anything new. I don't know how many weeks mm. they've been training for now, but it's, it's certainly not anywhere near enough like you would get in a pre season or something like that. And certainly at, at Wolfsburg, it was a fairly intense press as well, I think. And whether or not Hertha mm. couldn't have built up the fitness without playing many games or just generally aren't used to it because of the. Um, low block football that they were playing all season. Um, so
0: yeah, it's definitely. Sorry, Cam. It feels like a bit of an odd decision to to change to change their philosophy so greatly. I mean, they didn't really have a, a choice after Klinsmann, you know, left. But I don't know what their recruitment process was. But it's interesting that they've gone with a manager had a completely different philosophy to the one that Klinsmann was looking to instill, and really. What they've, I mean, particularly in January, what they bought in the January transfer window with the likes of pierre coming in, who they clearly thought was going to thrive in a, in a counter-attacking system. Um, sorry, Ken, what were you going to say? I mean, and jump on that by all means as well.
1: well yeah, um, I think, I mean, Herford don't have a, a relegation standard squad. They're they've, the they've in January and they already had a, a fairly decent squad, but they were just underperforming. So um, I think they've got the squad that can still play in that 4-3-3, Labadier favoured at Wolfsburg. And the likes of Aska-Sibar, um, who they brought in in January, could operate either as a 6 or an 8 in that system. I think Klinsmann, um, on paper, tried to play 4-3-3 three, three a few times, but it ended up just being a four five one. Um one mm-hmm. But, but then they've got quality players. I mean, they've got um they signed in January. Who else, who else did they sign?
0: Uh, Mateus Cunha. Yeah. Um... Who else? Uh, that's that's all I can think of. Askesiba, Kenya Piyotek. Oh, and they've signed Lucas Toussaint, but obviously he won't be joining until mm-hmm. uh, after the end of this, this season. So, um, yeah, it's you're absolutely right. The, the, the quality of individuals they've got in the team, certainly there. I just think is going to be a bit of a mismatch of style. And, um, yeah, like you said, it, it's not been an ideal situation to sack a manager. Well, not sack a manager, to, to bring a new manager in. But, I mean... They're not the only ones. Um, obviously, um, who am I thinking of? Düsseldorf. I've got the same problem, right?
1: Yeah, and Augsburg
0: as well. Yeah. Oh, and Augsburg as well. Yeah, exactly. So you've got. It's not. They're not going to be the only ones. And funny enough, those other teams are are the ones that are just slightly below them in the table as well. So at least they can take comfort in that they're not the only ones possibly struggling with that. Um, okay, so. Be, we, yeah, we're really not sure how Hurt are going to set up. I think we're, we're both coming down on the, the idea that they will probably stick with a relatively um, similar approach in terms of counterattacking. Maybe not as much of a low block, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But um, we'll have to wait and see how that one goes. I mean, they're going to be playing against the Hoffenheim team. and They do like to have the ball. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, Hoffenheim are making a, a bit of a late push here. They had a very cold start to the season. Um, but things began to sort of heat up as as it's gone along. And right now they're they're not in a bad position. They're two points off of sixth place and they're running uh, fixture wise. to the end of the season is another good one. I mean, they've got to play a couple of big teams. They've got to play Dortmund still. And I think they've got to play Leipzig as well, but they've done quite well against um, the the sort of big teams as it were. They've been very good at, at countering in those games, but they're not normally a counter countering team. I wouldn't expect them to counter that much tomorrow. I think they're gonna um I think they're gonna look to impose themselves on that game. I think they're gonna play out from the back as they always do. Um, what are you expecting to see from Hoffenheim,
1: Cam? Yeah, I'm expecting to see the same um, partly part because of Hertha as well. I think Hertha haven't had enough time to prepare properly and get that philosophy in place, like I've mentioned, so it's gonna be Mostly Hoffenheim on the ball and looking to break her down somehow. Um, you mentioned Hoffenheim are fairly good in the counter and played well against those bigger teams. Um, but mm. it's a completely different game. Um, it, it, it's about more about their positional play and what they can do with that. And they've, they've had some good results with this, and, but they've also struggled at times. Well, um, just pull up some results quickly yeah
0: okay well I mean yeah they 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 lost 4-2 to uh Augsburg back in December which was a poor result and they lost 5-1 to Mainz as well Mm -hmm. um so that's what you're thinking of yeah I mean they've had they've had some some poor results against those lower teams so they need to be careful not to slip up so um yeah I mean obviously they play with uh generally they will play with three at the back and they can be found uh, wanting in the same sort of areas where we've we've discussed many a time, Wolfsburg when Wolfsburg played their back three as well in in getting caught on the counter, potentially the back three getting either too far apart or too narrow, and not finding that happy medium. Mm-hmm. So um, Pieterk, Cunha, those sort of players, Luka Bacchio will be looking. I think when as soon as they get the ball to to drive at the back three, try and make them as uncomfortable as possible and try and attack them before those wing backs can tap, tap back in. That's, of course, if Hoffenheim do go with the with the back three tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on to our next game then the Cam, I guess. Um, let's go on to, well, should we go into the Dortmund-Schalke uh, game, which I'm going to take a bit of a seat on Cam because you just wrote an excellent <laughs> preview on that today, which if you haven't checked out, you should go and check out on the website. Um, Tactical preview, really interesting. Cam, just give us a brief overview of what you're talking about in that article.
1: Yeah, so another interesting game. Um, two sides with contrasting form, really. Um, Dortmund, when they changed to the back three and after the winter break, seemed to be flying a bit more, um, as opposed to Schalke, after the winter break, I think I think they picked up one point um, and, and really have struggled to score any kind of goals. Um, Schalke, as a result, we've talked about Many times about that four four two diamond, but recently I've tried to change it a little bit. So they've gone to a four two three one at times, and they've also gone to um, a five four one formation. Most interestingly, within the preview, that five four one was used against um, Bayern, who build up in a back three sometimes, and against Hoffenheim as well, who build up in a back three. And um, so I was was pretty much just trying to consider how Schalke might set up to try and limit Dortmund's build up, and then within that. We then have the dilemma of do they I don't think they can play that four four two diamond against against Dortmund's back three with the midfield box. Um simply because the pressing distances against Dortmund between those central midfielders of the eights who have to go and press them wing backs who sit quite deep and quite quite wide as well. Uh, I think those pressing distances would be too much to cover and the front two as well against that back three will get stretched and Schalke have been exploited by, I think it was Bayern Munich. And I think it was five nil of the score in the end. So um, Bayern pretty much just destroyed the diamond and forced Schalke back into a a flat 4-4-2, which which was the other alternative to that 5-4-1, which I discussed. Mm.
0: So I think one of the discussions that we had yesterday, Cam, was about whether they do go with the diamond or whether they go with the five. And, you you felt quite uh, strongly that they shouldn't go with the diamond because of the the space they would just leave either side. Do you think there's a way of flipping that and saying that? So, for example, I mean, if they go with uh, Ma Chan alongside Witzel, I think Dortmund might be better positioned to deal with um, counters mm-hmm. counter pressing as well, certainly from central positions. Let's um, say so they go with Brand. Do you feel? Schalke would have more of an opportunity to break through the centre of the pitch against, against Dortmund?
1: Um, it depends a little bit on the formation. So I mentioned that 5-4-1. And when I put that to you, you thought it was a little bit too defensive just because it's everybody behind the ball, pretty much. But against Bayern Munich, um, Schalke, they had 22% possession <laughs> and managed 0.65 expected goals mm. with that 5-4-1 um, formation. Simply by exploiting the spaces um in the wide areas. So with uh, Ravi Matondo and Benito Rahman. um, so it there wasn't much um, structurally good about the counter attacks. It was more just about using the pace and getting into those spaces that the the high and wide wing backs um leave. So I think central areas are obviously important, and you've got to stop counter attacks at the source, but you've got to. We gotta find a solution to stop Schalke from letting the pacey players do damage. Because I mean, Bayern um, notoriously play a very, very high line, and the centre backs push right the way up to aid that counter press. Um, not sure. Not sure if Dortmund mm-hmm. do the same thing. And I mean, Dortmund's back line is probably a little bit slower as well with Hummels and Pisek in there as well. So I think Schalke can probably hurt them, but it depends how how well Schalke can defend. Okay. Anything I just want to
0: talk about that can before we move on to the next game?
1: Um. Yeah, I'll go into the four four two. So, although I didn't think the four four two diamond would work, I think PSG set out quite a nice blueprint on how you can press Dortmund, and they use their flat four four two, um, which obviously helps with the pressing distance of those wing backs. So the way they did this was, um, so PSG used a certain trap against Dortmund, which allowed them to prevent themselves being stretched too much in that first line. So Dortmund's Mm -hmm. back three against the front two of PSG. Um, Usually Dortmund would move out wide and eventually just keep switching the play back and forth, back and forth until eventually they get that opening. And the aim of that for Dortmund is to get somebody in the second line of PSG's press uh, to engage, which then creates space elsewhere. Um, So so the wing-back's are the main target of the possession. But within PSG's traps, they set it up where they would initially start in kind of a 4-4-1-1. So they would leave a centre-back open, usually the central player. And once this central player got the ball, they would press and immediately um, kind of arc the run. So they could cut off one of the Mm centre-backs and then eventually just make them playing. You're effectively cutting off one of the centre-backs so they're playing with two. And then you can have that 2v2 and you can't be Mm -hmm. stretched. it wasn't available all the time. And occasionally Dortmund did create some chances purely by stretching that front two again and forcing one of the wingers to come in and press the back three. Um, but largely, they did deal with them quite well. So the 4 2 is definitely available. But you've, you've just got to be careful about them switching play. Because when they do switch that play, you can't get a striker across to go and press. Um, and then they can access the wing back and then eventually access the half space and then usually into Haaland for a goal. Okay, so let's move on to uh,
0: Leipzig-Freiburg. I've I've been thinking about this game a fair bit because I've just got a feeling that Freiburg are going to probably go with a a back three tomorrow to drop into a five, and they're defending to deal with Leipzig's uh, attack. Um, But, I mean... There have been times this season where that's really not worked. I'm thinking back to the Cologne uh, game. I can't remember what the scoreline was. There maybe four nil Cologne, four one. Can't remember, but they tore apart uh, Freiburg's back line. And so much of what Freiburg do uh, in possession is working, you know, working overloads on one side before hitting the switch to the other side. But Leipzig are pretty good at um, defending in wide areas. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this is a bad matchup for Freiburg. I think Leipzig will hit the ground running. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on this game, Cam.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, Freiburg are obviously going to sit deep and um, have less of the ball, definitely. Leipzig will probably go with the back three as well and try and use... It's almost a similar situation to the Dortmund game in terms of they'll use that 3-4-3, um, that three, three, which because of Werner's movements changes to a, a 3 4 1 2 and a 3-5-2 and things like that. Um but it's just probably going to be mostly attack against defence and um Leipzig are getting better at breaking teams down. Especially if you just sit there. I think Tottenham was a good example of that in the Champions League. Um who also sat but, but yeah the rotations are good. That box concept works against teams um again against Tottenham and Leipzig are difficult to hit on the counter-attack as well. They're patient and they don't just rush in like Dortmund do sometimes and they don't take as many risks in possession because they can afford to. So if you want to try and hit them on the counter-attack, it's really difficult. And also Freiburg are quite good at set-pieces and usually rely on them sometimes. When I'm thinking back to the Leverkusen game when they did that and um, Leipzig's set-piece structure is excellent and kind of follows the pattern of most good teams in Europe with with their set-piece zone structure. So it's unlikely that they're going to be able to get any luck from that. So, so yeah, I, I think it's a difficult matchup for Freiburg.
0: Yeah, I mean, what are you expecting the Nagelsmann to do? I mean, not necessarily just tomorrow, but for the rest of the season in um, really trying to get Olmo into this team? Because it looks more and more likely that Werner is going to leave it in this season. There's talk of um, Rashika. It sounds like that's almost a done deal as well, coming to Leipzig. I'd imagine Danny Olmo is going to have a much bigger role next uh, next season and i think he's got to find that trade-off hasn't he but in getting olmo really adjusted to the team style into the formation into the way they they play Mm -hmm. um but still making sure that they're there because they are very much in a title race still um i think i don't think they can afford to make too many more slip-ups because i don't think Bayern will but um how do you think they're going to do do that with olmo there cam are you expecting him to get more of a central role in this team as the season comes to a conclusion?
1: Not really. I think, I mean, he's got to earn his, he's got to earn his place in the team. Um, I mean, I think you probably know more about the player than I do, but he's, I think he's a decent player in terms of he can he can go and counter-press if he loses the ball, can't he?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely he can. Um, I think he's a very adaptable player as well. He can play in a whole range of positions and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how they play next year. It's, it's, uh, is Schick uh, has he got a buyout? Has he got a, like a, a, a buy clause for Leipzig? Because that'd be interesting to see if they keep him as well. Because I mean, I've, I've personally liked how he's uh, developed in this team this year. Um, yeah. Sorry, we're going a little bit off topic there, but yeah, I think we're both in agreement that Freiburg are going to struggle tomorrow. Do you agree that they're probably going to go over back three cam, or do you think they'll go over back four?
1: Um, I think they'll go with that five four one. So back three, back five.
0: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, let's jump on to Augsburg-Wolfsburg. Uh, I am expecting a bit of a physical game here. Um, Augsburg are a very direct team, obviously, um, but Wolfsburg have got Weghorst up front, who I think... I mean, I'm just expecting a, a physical battle between Weghorst and the Augsburg uh, centre-backs. What, what are your opinions on the way this one's going to go, Cam?
1: Yeah, the same again, but on the opposite way... Um... Augsburg like to counter okay. directly, don't they? Um, but I think Wolfsburg okay. have the defenders to deal with this as well. I mean, you've got John Brooks, um, Robin Knocker, who are both good in the air. So it's, it's going to be a it's going to be probably a what's the word I'm looking for? Quite a cagey game, probably in terms of both sides looking to um, attack in a way which almost suits the opposition. Um, but I'd expect Wolfsburg to eventually probably break them down in terms of Augsburg's defense hasn't been great this season. I know you in in your Bundesliga preview mentioned um, some of the weaknesses of Augsburg's central defenders as well. So I'd expect I'd expect Augsburg mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Um, lose the game probably. Yeah, I think I think Wolfsburg is going to have a, a little bit too much
0: quality going forward to them. It's been interesting to see uh, does have a Schla- uh, Schlager, um develop as the season's, uh, well, obviously, as the season's gone on. I think when it when he was brought in, I think we all thought he was just going to be a sort of maybe a box-to-box midfielder, but certainly a, in a deeper role than he has been. But he's been playing in this sort of ten role, even as a second striker at times. And um, I'm interested to see what Glasner does with his uh, tactics towards the end of the season, because I think I think we're all expecting him to revert to the back three that he so favours at some point. Um, maybe if they lose a couple of games and drift into sort of mid-table obscurity, you might see him start to do that more often, but um, yeah I think tomorrow he'll stick with the back four, and I do agree I think Wolfsburg will have a little bit too much quality tomorrow um, Okay, next one is Dusseldorf-Paderborn um, Yes, I'm not sure how many people are going to watch this game um, it, it, I, I doubt it promises to be the most aesthetically pleasing game Um. I mean, Cam, do you, to, do you want to jump on this one? What are you expecting
1: <laughs> to see tomorrow? Um, well, from Paderborn, I hope it's I hope it's an aggressive game in which because I don't think they've got much to lose. I don't think they're um, I don't think they're expecting to stay up. Mm-hmm. Back. Um Dusseldorf, I can I can honestly say I haven't watched much much of Dusseldorf this season. Um, obviously, the changed manager just before the break. Um, and saw a little bit of an upturn in results. But but again it's not a it's not a game which suits either team probably in no. terms of Dusseldorf don't favour being the team that's gotta go and attack. and, and I, see, I think, see, I, yeah, think I think that could definitely
0: that that could suit Paderborn. I mean Paderborn had a pretty successful uh counterattack at the beginning of the season. I, I think around Christmas time they had scored maybe the second most chances in the league from counterattacks, but it, as the season sort of worn on they they seem to have come a little bit more cautious or perhaps just maybe not as effective on the counter um but yeah i mean and Düsseldorf's an interesting one as well because the the decision to bring in Uvi uh, Rostar is an interesting one for the just purely for the fact that he hasn't managed in the in the Bundesliga let alone managed in a Bundesliga relegation battle and mm-hmm. i mean I think the ju- the jury's out on him. They're, they're, they've done okay since he's come in. Um, I'm not sure how many points have they got since he's joined. I think something like eight, eight, maybe eight points. That's what's coming to my mind right now. But, but if he hasn't hit the ground running. They're just sort of plodding along. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that this is a this is a big game for them tomorrow because um, after the Paderborn game they've got Köln, but then in a, a row of fixtures they've got Schalke. Bayern Munich, Hoffenheim, Dortmund, Leipzig, which is a really, really difficult run of fixtures. And um, they don't want to be going to Augsburg and Union Berlin in the last two games of the season needing to win. So um, I think it's a really important game tomorrow for Düsseldorf. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how this one's going to go tomorrow. What are your predictions for that game, Cam?
1: Um, I'll go with Paderborn just because I, I like some better than Düsseldorf. <laughs> I mean, you said Dusseldorf, were going to stay up, if, if you remember. I did. So.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, I know. I said many things, Cam. Um, <laughs> I think uh, if you haven't watched the uh, Bundesliga much, I think one of the players to look at, something that we mentioned in the podcast a couple of weeks ago, um, is Kevin Stürger, who is available on free this summer and is very much the best player in that Dusseldorf team. Um, so it's definitely worth a watch as well um okay let's move on to our next game of flying through these We're doing great let's not stop we've got eintracht frankfurt versus Borussia Mönchengladbach, gladback and um cam i know you're a big munching gladback fan so
1: uh how do, how do you see this one going <laughs> um yeah this should be quite an entertaining game um both sides like working in transitions um, both sides press pretty intensely. And also the formations that they've been playing recently kind of um they cancel each other out well. So Frankfurt, as we mentioned in the podcast a couple of weeks ago, um changed from a back three to a back four. And have most recently been pressing in a in a four one four one formation. Um and Gladback press or the, the formation that they've used most commonly is is probably the four two three one now. Um, and those formations, just because if you look at Frankfurt, who will then have a defensive midfielder, gladback, have an attacking midfielder. Um, it's a striker against two centre-backs. The, the formation is just naturally on paper, cancel each other out. They're, they're pretty much like opposites of each other. So both sides should be able to press well and therefore we should get an entertaining high-tempo, typical Bundesliga kind of game. Um, for Frankfurt, I think the main well the main way they will look to attack is is with the wing play again. Particularly interesting matchup is Philip uh, Kostic against Stefan Leiner, who mm-hmm. Leiner has had his defensive critics this season. <laughs> um some of his defensive stats are
0: not
1: not you not you though, <laughs> <laughs> Um so yeah, that's where I think Frankfurt will try and hit Gladbach up, but then likewise, I think Gladbach are probably better in transition than Frankfurt are. Um, if Frankfurt counter-press like they did against uh, Basel in the Europa League, then they'll get battered, so they can't do that again. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it, that's probably my, probably my pick for the weekend um, for the best game in terms of entertainment, but not sure how it's going to be
0: are you covering are you covering that one for the website, Ken?
1: Uh, no, I'm on uh, Dortmund Chalka. Oh, of course you are.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you said about that game. And um, I think just I think one of the most interesting matchups this this weekend, just in terms of individual battles, will be Philip Kostic against Stefan Liner. I think that's gonna be a, a really interesting battle. Um but <laughs> I mean I, I don't think is gonna get through the game without a booking. I'm gonna put that one at my that's my uh prediction for that game yeah um but yeah frankfurt frankfurt's um frankfurt's been had an interesting season as well i think it's it's turned into this sort of transit season which perhaps they weren't expecting um and i think we when we spoke about it before we spoke about how paciencia had stepped up and i was looking at him recently and he's really dropped off uh recently and and I think um, Andre is Andre Silva on a two year loan. I think he is on a two year loan. And, yeah, I think so. But he's definitely started to improve. He's still not quite the player that he, he, he could well be. Um, but that's a player definitely to keep an eye on, not just tomorrow, but for the rest of the season to see how he develops. Um, okay, let's jump on. Also, we've done those are all the games that are happening tomorrow. So we're going on to Sunday now. Um, okay, let's go with the earlier kickoff, which is uh, Colm versus Mainz. And this is an interesting one. akan Akim Bayaloza, who's the Mines head coach, was the uh, Cologne head coach earlier in the season and had an abysmal record there. Um, and in a very quick move, he uh, was given the boot, moved over to Mines, and Marcus Gisdall came in at Cologne. And, and to be fair to Gisdall, I think he has done far better than many expected. Yeah, all oh, right, okay, well, you... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll jump in. I'll jump in on Coleman, shall I? Okay. Uh, <laughs> so under Gestal, they're not doing anything drastically different. He's not reinventing the wheel. Um, they still play directly, um possibly not quite as directly as they did under Bylaws up, but um, they play fifty-one point one three long passes per ninety minutes, which is the third highest amount in the league. Um, and they have a really good completion on that, I think just under 60%, which is which is phenomenal. I think the big revelation for them has been the improved form of John Cordova under Gizdol, who looks a real hand for the moment. He's he's big, he's strong. Um, he's very good holding the ball up, but he's, he's excellent on the counter as well. He's a very quick player. Um, I did... I, I worked out how many goals... I think he scored 10 goals this season. I think five have come from counter-attacks. So... Um I don't know how much counterattacking they're gonna be doing tomorrow. I think it could be a little bit of a um certainly a, a tense first first half where I don't think either team will necessarily commit. I think both teams will sort of be looking for the other team to make that first move um in terms of looking to dominate possession and dominate the game. Um, I don't know what your opinion on on Mines is, but I think they're funnily enough, they're pretty similar to uh Colm. Um, what do you I mean, do you think it's gonna be a I don't know if it's gonna be the most exciting game, Cam, is what I'm saying. And this is the game I'm writing as well, so I'm doing a really good preview for this. Um <laughs> this is the game I'm reviewing this weekend, but I'm not expecting fireworks. What are you what are you thinking, Cam?
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how mine's set up again. Um when Baylor first came in, it was they did get on the ball a little bit more and use that back free. Um then as time mm-hmm. went on it turned into a bit more um a counter-attacking team games like that Hoffenheim game that I've mentioned um, so with that with that break and the opportunity to work with the players a little bit it'd be interesting to see what they do I'd quite like to see them go with that back three again and look to try and force Curl to press them and then from there try and create those chances because I mean against Frankfurt that was quite effective um, Frankfurt did go a man down in the second half but before that uh, Mainz were creating loads of chances so I'd like to see Mainz be brave and I think they've almost in a way they've, the pressure is on Mainz in this game with with them further down the relegation battle and, and Köln pretty much safe now I'd say um, so so yeah I, I hope Mainz go with a bit more of an attacking strategy but, mm-hmm. but, but again it, it could end up being a, quite a 50-50 affair
0: Absolutely, I, I'm. I'm not sure. I mean, both teams need to win there just to make sure that they're looking up for the rest of the season, not looking down. Mines more so than, uh, Um Okay, let's go on to the late kickoff that day, which is Bayern Munich versus Union and Berlin, and I think I'm, I don't think I'm being bold by saying I'm expecting Bayern to have a relatively comfortable restart to the season.
1: Yeah. Um... Again, Unina are a team that can event, can sometimes surprise you with how compact they are defensively, and they are quite a good defensive team. But the way in which they defend, I don't think is going to help against Bayern, particularly with how man-oriented the pressing is. Um, I think Bayern's rotations and the general technical ability and positional play will probably um, harm this man-oriented system. And so, yeah, I'd, I'd expect Bayern to. To win this game, um, buying from set pieces as well are excellent, and saw Union Berlin. So it, it, I can't see Union having much su- much success in this as well. So, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think um, Brian are just going to suffocate them, um, dominate possession, obviously, and I think Union are going to really struggle to get out um, out of their own half. I think it, I think it could be a big uh, big win for Bayern this weekend. Um, Okay, let's go to the last game, which is Werder Bremen by Leverkusen. Um, Now, Bremen obviously look to play football um, with the ball on the floor. They look to play out from the back, uh, as do Leverkusen, but just Leverkusen are a lot better at it. Um, Leverkusen have a high press. Bremen do not. I just see this game going one way. I think Leverkusen are going to dominate this game. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you agree, Cam, or do you think? Bremen might spring a surprise.
1: No, I think Verda might try and um, play some kind of possession football, but I think Leverkusen will quickly press them out of it. Um, it seems like one of those games where Leverkusen will have 70% possession probably and mm-hmm. just look to break them down with a positional play, which they usually do against teams. So so again, Verder needs to And I, I think as we've seen,
0: um, this season as well Bremen's uh, backline has been just culprits for, for losing concentration for for silly mistakes letting players drift in, in between them and um, giving up goals really they shouldn't be giving up um, the, oh, the one thing you mentioned to me yesterday as well Cam is about their set pieces or at least defending set pieces I don't know if you wanted to jump on that as well
1: yeah so early in the season they were um, catastrophic from corners um, this season have conceded 14 goals from set pieces which is, is literally the difference between staying in the division and not um, recently it's, it's improved a little bit but it, it's still not there and Leverkusen have got a decent record from set pieces as well Verder are now using I think it's, I think it's a two man zonal structure with a player um, on the near post just at the six yard box and another player in the central area which is, it's a fairly common zonal structure. Um, it's a mix of zonal and man marking, but Verda don't do a particularly good job of staying with the markers, like some teams do, like Leverkusen as well, who use a predominantly man marking system. Mm-hmm. So again, it's I don't think Verda will threaten um, Leverkusen set pieces either. So it's going to be a difficult game for them.
0: Yeah, I t- totally agree, and I think, uh, and I said to you yesterday, I. I've got a feeling that Leverkusen are going to sneak into those Champions League places possibly at the expense of Mönchengladbach which I don't know if you agree with Cam um but no that's comment. My... <laughs> So I'll have to wait and see. Um, okay let's let's go with results that we're expecting. Um, you could do wins and losses or do you want to do an exact scoreline Cam?
1: We'll do wins and losses. Don't embarrass ourselves too I think
0: much. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, Hoffenheim herter uh I was leaning towards a draw, but I think Hoffenheim will nick it, but I don't see it being a high-scoring game.
1: I'm gonna go draw.
0: Okay. Uh Dortmund Schalke. I think that Dortmund are gonna win that one. Yeah, Dortmund just. Just. Oh, okay. I see. I'm not sure. Oh yeah, okay. Um okay, and then Leipzig Freiburg. I think it's fair to say we're both expecting a Leipzig win there. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, Augsburg, uh, Wolfsburg. Um, Again, I'm I'm thinking a Wolfsburg win there. Cam, what are you thinking?
1: Um, It'll be a tight one, but Wolfsburg should win it, but it it could well be a draw. (laughs) Okay.
0: Uh, Dusseldorf, Paderborn. I'm going to say Paderborn win.
1: I'll go Paderborn as well.
0: Oh wow! Okay, all right. Uh, Frankfurt, Munchen Gladback. I know you're going to go Munchen Gladbach, uh, so I'm going to go with Frankfurt. <laughs> <laughs> are you going with uh, Munchen Gladbach?
1: Um, yeah, but again, I think that could be a draw. So
0: yeah, yeah, it could be. It could be a draw. What are you going with? Draw or win? Come on!
1: I'll go with a win for Gladbach.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Colm Mainz, I think it's gonna be a draw, yeah. I and I'm gonna be bold and give a scoreline for this one. I'm gonna say nil nil. Um, <laughs> oh, okay, uh, onion Berlin Bayern. Okay, do we need to say the result there? Uh, let's go with scoreline. I think Bayern are gonna win that five nil.
1: Uh, three, I'll go with okay.
0: I really hope that uh, Uni and Berlin win and make us look really stupid. Um, Werder Bremen, Leverkusen. I'm going to go over comfortable Leverkusen win. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> I think we've, we've got a pretty general consensus there, Cam. Um, mm-hmm. We'll have to wait and see which, which ones of those uh, results come in. We are going to be doing a uh, breakdown uh, review of all the games. Um, I think we're going to aim to get that out Monday morning. So hopefully you'll be hearing from us again Monday morning and uh, it won't just be myself and Cam, we're hoping to get uh, a fair few of our Bundesliga analysts uh, on as well to discuss different games so that Cam and I don't have to watch um, (laughs) uh, a billion games this weekend.
1: Um, My Dortmund analysis will be out on Sunday actually.
0: Fantastic. And again, if you haven't read Cam's Uh, preview of the game definitely check it out i've also released a three-part uh very brief tactical overview of the teams so if you haven't watched the bundesliga or maybe you just want a refresher by all means check that out on the website as well there are three parts that all 18 teams are covered um other than that we'll see you guys on monday thanks for listening